You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. This is part two of my interview with Sergeant Stephen Lee, a 16-year veteran of the NYPD and a whistleblower fighting to reform police corruption. Previously, in part one, we talked about Sergeant Lee's undercover work and the police corruption that he's witnessed. If you haven't had a chance to hear part one, you might want to go back and listen to it first. In part two, Steve talks about what happened after his undercover work and the related court case, his thoughts on how to combat corruption within the NYPD, and why he plans to run for state assembly next year. After that happened, that's when he started really messing with me. They gave me bad evaluations. You know, they tried to take Mm -hmm. away um, vacation days from me. They tried to punish me and stuff like that. They tried to kick me back into a precinct. I was supposed to be rewarded, you know, get promoted off of this because of my exceptional work and also choose a place where I feel comfortable going to, like a unit I feel comfortable going to. No. So they started messing with me. My union rep told me to get a lawyer. And I was like, okay, I want a union lawyer. And they're like, no, don't get a union lawyer because they'll only use this as a bargaining chip. You know, get a real lawyer. So Mm -hmm. I got a private lawyer. We put in notes claim, and that's when they transferred me out of internal affairs, put me in a police academy, and, you know, just left me there, and they kept on retaliating against me since then. And that's when I realized that internal affairs, while I'm working at because I, I, yeah. that was two years' time. Mm-hmm. So I'm at internal affairs for two years now, mm-hmm. right? After being undercover for two years, I'm at internal affairs for two years now. And while I'm there, I see a lot of messed up stuff. Like, if yeah. the chief doesn't like you, mm-hmm. he will call internal affairs. Internal affairs will start investigating you and start oh. testing you, huh. right? Do an operation, start testing you. See if you take money, see if you don't vouch property or whatever. Mm. And if you pass the test and you tell the chief, no, this guy passed the test, the chief will tell you, go back and keep testing them until you find something, wow. right? And then, you know, the person will get in trouble. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, if the chief does like you, right, or if your chief's son or your commissioner's son or something like that, and let's say you get, you know, allegations of rape or something like that, mm-hmm. They'll give you a bullshit test, you pass it, and then they'll clear you and be like, oh, no, he's good. Mm-hmm. He passed the test. He's not corrupt. Right. Also, the other end is internal affairs. Who's watching internal affairs, right? Because internal affairs is supposed to watch the cops, right? Right. Now, who's watching internal affairs? You have this group called Group 1, which is in an IAB because IAB is, is divided into groups. So just think of... The police department is divided into precincts and like transit bureaus and housing bureaus, right? Mm-hmm. So just think of internal affairs as its own own police department and it's divided into groups instead of precincts, mm-hmm. right? So now internal affairs is still part of NYPD, right? It's all cops, right? Mm-hmm. Cops get transferred into IAB, mm-hmm. get transferred out of IAB back into you know patrol and stuff like that. So everybody knows each other anyway. So you have cops watching cops. So one day I could be your partner in like, you know, the one line precinct. And next day you get drafted and go to like internal affairs. And then since we're partners and and you know I'm doing something bad, of course you're going to go out for me. Right. Mm. So that's how it is, which is stupid because you can't have cops watching cops. It's conflict of interest, right? You're Mm -hmm. watching yourself. Mm -hmm. You're monitoring Mm -hmm. yourself. Now, Mm -hmm. who's watching internal affairs? It's internal affairs watching internal affairs. That group one watches um, they investigate anybody who's captain and above mm-hmm. and internal affairs members, hmm. which is stupid because they're, they only answer to the commissioner of internal affairs. They don't, it's not like an outside 
um, yeah. independent agency or something like that that comes in huh. and investigates. No, it's internal affairs watching internal affairs. See how stupid it is? Yeah. It's like you got cops watching cops, and then you right. got cops watching those cops that watch cops. Which is stupid. <laughs> which makes no sense. You yeah. know? So that that's that's what I want to change. So that's yeah. why I'm running for state assembly, and that's why I want to get into a committee where I could change um, how they monitor themselves and create a state committee that's created of public people right? People from the community and stuff like that. And they monitor the police department. And they monitor the fire department. They monitor, you know, any city agency, right? The state will come in with people who have state status from the public, from the community, and they monitor. Because if I'm scared and I see corruption inside NYPD, I'm not going to go to another cop and tell them. Because after this, like, everybody's connected. How do I not know you're not going to go back and tell this guy? that I mm-hmm. told on you, you know? So instead, give them an outside line, right? So they have something called the Inspector General, which is Department of Investigations, right? Which is a another city agency that's supposed to monitor corruption, right? They get trained by IAB, <laughs> you know? Huh. And they don't, they don't seem to investigate IAB. Oh. They don't, because I, I dropped a, a, a complaint with them and they told me that they couldn't investigate it. Hmm. Yeah, wow. yeah. So that's why you need a state agency, and that's that's why also you need mm-hmm. transparency. Mm-hmm. You need full transparency on it, mm-hmm. right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, what are the results? What happened? People could look at it. People could see it and follow the case themselves. You know, like where it's like, okay, this is what happened. At you know, they did this, they did that, but then they could you know scrutinize it and be like, why didn't they try this or why didn't they try that? You know, so that they can't get away with bullshit tests. They can't get away with all covering up themselves, you know, so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And also, they can't unevenly punish one person differently from another, right, just because of who they know. So, like, let's say I don't, I don't know anybody, right? So, let's say I get punished for, um, you know, smoking a cigarette while in uniform, right, in public. Mm-hmm. So, if mm-hmm. I'm public view and I'm smoking a cigarette, it's supposed to be you know, a punishment for that, right? So mm-hmm. they decide to punish me. They'll probably take away two days or something, right? Meanwhile, if somebody else did it and they're in uniform, they're smoking a cigar and they know the chief, mm-hmm. then they don't get punished at all. Right, right. You know what I mean? So the, the punishment has to be even. If you're not going to punish yeah. him, then don't punish mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're going to punish somebody for something, then you have to punish this other person for something. Right. For the same reasons, for the same amount and same punishment. I don't know how you deal with that. Like, after you went through this for two years, all those people are off. And then my other question is, do Sung and Yam or other cops know that you're involved? And, like, if they know, is that you're in danger but could retaliate? So the first couple of days I'm in internal affairs, when, um, you know, I'm wiped from the system, they, they take my name out of the system. They right, right away knew then, like, how, where's Sergeant Lee? Why did he just disappear? Mm. So they knew right away that I was the undercover. That gave it away. If that didn't give it away, on the court papers, they wrote Sergeant Lee, blah, 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 Stephen Lee, blah, 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 was, you know, undercover. I'm like, wait, you're not supposed to put my name in the court papers. You're supposed to put undercover, not my name. And they're like, oh, that's, that's just a draft that we, you know, we messed up. Oh, with. But that wow. was sent out. You know, wow. so it's like, if that wasn't enough, the lawyers already got that. And it's like, they know who it is. So they kind of like threw me under the bus. Yeah. So have you had anyone like threaten you or whatever? I have people um, during my election 
like badmouth me and just try try terrorize me and stuff like that, saying I'm the one that's corrupt, um, that I'm corrupt and I'm a rat and my wife is a prostitute and all those other oh, stuff. Geez. Like, you know, and I, I have a feeling who it was, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was some of the cops that, you know, I, I that should have been arrested, like Benny Wong or mm-hmm. Robert Young and stuff like mm-hmm. that, like, mm-hmm. you know, and they're going around telling people because they still are going around telling people that. And I'm like, people would come to me and be like, yo, I just heard from so-and-so. And I'm like, yo, that guy should have been arrested. Mm. You know, and they're like, oh, but they're bad-mouthing you and stuff. I'm like, I don't care. That guy should have been arrested. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know why he's still on the job. Mm-hmm. You know, like the guy, is, is the, what, what they're trying to see, they're, I don't know what's the word for it offhand, but they're taking advantage of our community, mm-hmm. right? So they're like wolves in sheep clothing in our community. Their claim is, oh, I'm looking out for my fellow Chinese person. I'm all for that. I'm all for, yes, look out for your community, look out for your people, protect your people, right? But they're not doing that. You're protecting drug dealers. You're protecting human traffickers. You know, you're protecting slumlords. Yeah, the question is, you know, what people are you protecting? Yeah, Right. They're protecting and rapists yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how are you protecting your people when one job I went to, right, there was somebody that's getting, you know, illegally evicted, mm-hmm. right? Our legal stance as NYPD, we don't get involved. We tell, we refer the landlord to go landlord tenant court and so forth right. and so on, right? Mm-hmm. And so this person is crying and talking about how, oh, the landlord's trying to kick her out, changing the locks and all this other stuff, blah, blah. And I, I speak Mandarin at the time. At the time, this was like my one of my first days in 109, and he didn't know that I spoke mm-hmm. Mandarin, I guess, uh-huh. right? So she's speaking Mandarin, whatever, and blah, blah, and all that stuff, and she's speaking Mandarin back, and he's trying to say, like, oh, yeah, you have to leave, right? Oh, wow. But thing is, why? It's because he knows the landlord. Ah. Uh-huh. He comes back and goes, hey, that's my friend, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and he's laughing, and I'm like, that's not funny. Like, why you told you she had to leave? Like, oh, because she's saying this, this, is it. I'm like, no, she's not. I understand fucking Mandarin. She's saying that he's changing yeah. locks on her, whatever. He's turning mm-hmm. off the gas. He's turning off the hot water. Yeah, and he can't no. do that. Yeah, she she could stay, and he has to go to court and evict mm-hmm. her properly. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you don't tell mm-hmm. her she needs to freaking leave. Where's she gonna go? You know, she has kids and stuff like that. Where's she gonna go? Yeah. You know, like this is a fucked up landlord. This is a slumlord. Like yeah, you know, yeah. he doesn't want to fix yeah. the stuff, and then now he's trying to evict her for it. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he's mistranslating stuff. So straight off the back, like once that happened, I was like, this guy is no good. Like he does mistranslations all the time in favor of the other person, you know, and who knows how long he's been doing that. Yeah. That's another thing is that maybe there should be two cops that they can check each other. Right. Like that's absolutely. That's why you need, you need cops that identify with the community. Mm. Right. So like if we should do a census of like, okay, of one nine precinct, what population of it speaks Mandarin? What population of it speaks Cantonese, Taiwanese, Shanghainese, mm-hmm. Fukunese, um, Spanish, um, French, Greek, so forth and so on, right? And then, you know, we should diverse it towards the precinct. So let's say 80% of the precinct is Mandarin. Okay, then we should have 80% of the officers speak Mandarin, right? We shouldn't right. have only three officers in the whole precinct that speak Mandarin and then like yeah. 200 other cops or, or English speaking and they don't speak any other languages. Does that make sense to you? No, <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense. The only reason why they send those cops to 109 precinct is because 109 precinct is a good precinct and they all know somebody. Mm. And so the, their 
their uncles or their cousins or whatever will pull them into that precinct and be like, okay, you get to work in one night. You know, it shouldn't be like that. You should hire people that reflect the community, right? This mm-hmm. way they could check each mm-hmm. other. Because now if you got one yeah. person that speaks Mandarin, he knows nobody else speaks Mandarin. He could do whatever the hell he wants, right? Yeah, but if, right. You have, if you have 20 cops that speak Mandarin, they could be like, no, 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 no. That's not what she said. They could correct right. each other. They could check each other. They'd be like, that's not what she said. What are you doing? That's not what goes on. That's not my, that's not our culture. No, that doesn't happen regularly. No, what are you talking about? You know, like, you understand? So they should fix it, you know? Right. Or they should, they, they could tell people, hey, oh, no, no, that's, they're not, they're not trying to start a fire. They're, they're burning per, paper money and incense because it's a religious thing. You know, like, leave them alone. Yeah, you know? right, like, right. You know, don't try to, like, you know, shut them down for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, why are they carrying so much cash on them? Uh, because it's Chinese New Year. We're giving away red envelopes. I need to get money, cash, money, so I can put in the red envelopes to give away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because sometimes they ask them that. Like, oh, she got a purse stolen. And, you know, oh, actually, why was she carrying that much cash on her anyway? Right. You're not supposed to, you know, victimize it. Like, you're not supposed to belittle the person when they're a victim. You know what I mean? Like, or assume that there's something illegal going yeah. on there. Why, yeah. why do you care they're carrying so much cash? That's not, yeah. that shouldn't be a question. Yeah. The question yeah. should be, what happened? You know? Yeah. Did yeah. you see the person follow you into the bank? Stuff like that? Yeah. She's carrying yeah. that much cash because it's Chinese New Year's. You yeah, know, like, yeah, or she, yeah. she's a, you know, a business owner. She pays the workers in cash. What's the big deal? You know? Mm-hmm. So forth and so on. So, yeah. Wow, Steve, after everything that you've been through and seeing all these people get off, how do you deal with this? And you're still a cop. Like, how do you still do your job? And then how do you have the belief that you can really fight this corruption? <sighs> well, one, um, I gain allies, other police officers who are whistleblowers, other police officers who face the same thing that I, I go do. And, you know, we, we talk to each other, we support each other. Two, it, it did affect my mental health for a little bit. Um, wow, yeah. Yeah, I went to therapy for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really bad. It was so dark. Like, they pushed me to imagine. a point. Yeah, because, like, I, I go into work, I do what I have to do, right? Yeah. Which is like sit at desk because you got me on desk duty now, right? Mm-hmm. So I go into work and I, I'm sitting in the police car and doing what I'm supposed to do, monitoring the cops, right? Because I'm a supervisor still. So, mm-hmm. and then the lieutenant will come and just look for me and just start screaming, "Why are you sitting here? I'm like, where else am I supposed to sit? I'm the security unit. I'm, I'm sitting in the parking lot, making sure nobody's like breaking two cars. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like, I'm reduced to like a mall cop, like security, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever the case is, okay. They come and they look for me and they scream at me. And it was one day that that happened and I was just so in a dark place. And mm-hmm. um, to the point where it was like almost suicidal and I called the hotline mm-hmm. and I got help. And then I, uh, I got some therapy on it. And, you know, I learned some skills that helped me do deep breathing exercises and meditate mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it also didn't help at the time when I was running for assembly because this is around that time, right? Mm-hmm. As I'm running for state assembly, my political opponent is making up lies about me, yeah. right? And posting my address online and stuff like that, putting my family in danger in a, in, a, in the height of the Black Lives Matter protests and stuff like that when they're out <laughs> looking for blood. And, you know, you go out and you tell them that I'm a corrupt and racist cop and then post my address online. Oh, my and, God. You know, that's not cool, you know? Mm-hmm. You post it on Facebook and you have thousands and thousands of followers who are mm-hmm. in these groups and mm-hmm. you post my address online. that's not cool and mm-hmm. we lived in, 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 in terror and fear for that like my wife she was pregnant at the time and okay. so like you know we 
like I still had to go out and campaign and we had to barricade mm-hmm. the doors while, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It, it was, it was crazy. And he still won and he's still in office and he gets away with that kind of stuff. And that kind of mm-hmm. irks me too. Yeah. You know, but yeah. whatever the cases, um, learn, learn some deep breathing exercises, meditate and, you know, it helps me guide, guide me to it. Um, I'm a much better place now. Uh, I'm and, glad you know, to hear that. Yeah, and I, but I mean, how long are you gonna stay in this profession? I know that you would like to. I want I want to get out as soon as yeah. as I can. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. um, I want to continue pushing and and helping and, and fighting this corruption. And so, mm-hmm. I feel that becoming um state in state assembly or some kind of political office will help me mm-hmm. fight mm-hmm. this. You know, like I could fight it. Mm-hmm. I could create laws. I could create policies that would clean this up. You know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just going to keep fighting. I'm not going to let them win. I'm not going to back down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, of course, yeah, like, you know, speaking on you. podcasts and stuff, yeah. like, you know, yeah. helps get the word yeah. out there. You know? The more people know, the more the, the more it helps. Right. And I do hope that the other, you probably have an informal network of other whistleblower cops that you mentioned. Hopefully you guys can support each other. And Yeah, Edward Raymond. Yeah. He was running for, you know, city council. He didn't win, mm-hmm. but... He's disposing the number systems out of it, you know, like, mm-hmm. which is like the, the quota system, the 250s and stuff like that, mm-hmm. how it targets mm-hmm. different neighborhoods, you know. I'll end it with this, right? Um, not all cops are bad. Not all cops are corrupt. I would say the few that are, are really bad, right? And I would say that they're still in positions where they can control what happens, right? And, you know, it's a system that needs to be reformed. It's a system that needs to be fixed. But we still need these good police officers. We still need to protect good police officers. And we need Mm -hmm. to support the good police officers and let them know if they come out and speak out about it, we will protect them. Right. Mm -hmm. And just don't keep silent. You know, just come out and speak about it and hopefully we can protect them. So hopefully I can set an example where it's like I'm speaking out about it and then I'm protected and I win this, you know, and then other other, other officers would be inspired to come out and speak about it and be like, all right, he made it, we can make it too. But if they just slap me down and silence me, they're going to be like, see, that's what happens when you speak up. <laughs> mm, yeah. Right. What can uh, people do about this? Is there anything that civilians or other people can do about this? Just help pressure the system. The system is definitely corrupt. There's definitely systematic corruption in there. There's definitely racism in there, right? Um, it's harder for Asian police officers to rise up in the rank. It's harder for black officers, brown officers, people of color to rise up in the ranks. It's definitely harder for them to go into units that they want to go into. Do you see any movement or change since uh, the murder of George Floyd? Do you think that anything's happening? I've seen, seen some, to yeah. Yeah. I seen I seen Commissioner Shea like make some changes which is for the better. Some of the stuff that I actually thought of and then he like all of a sudden he comes out with that and it's like is this guy like listening to what I'm like, you know, <laughs> texting people or something like that? Like <laughs> this guy one day I'm thinking about it and then the next day he's implementing it and I'm like, Wow, like okay, cool. You know, so like what? Can you give um, me something? Uh it was different stuff. I can't I can't remember offhand, but it was just like simple stuff right okay. like the patrol guide is is too um it contradicts itself it doesn't make sense and put it in that he's changing the patrol guide um community stuff that i wanted to do with the kids for the basketball and stuff like that like mm-hmm. i done hoops over hate right mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like now the nypd is doing it can you talk about hoops over hate what does it do 
Well, Hoops Over Hate, what we did was it's Asians in America. Everybody took part of it. Um, Fulton helped a lot putting it together. And um, Ziggy from Brooklyn, he put together a, a lot of stuff that day. So it was a, it was a, a child that got attacked in, a, in Bound Park mm-hmm. and in the schoolyard. And other kids his, his age attacked him and then threw the basketball in his face and attacked him, told him to go back mm-hmm. to China or go mm-hmm. back to where he came mm-hmm. from, whatever, mm-hmm. and call them racial slurs. And so we created Coops Over Hate so we could have like basketball tournaments and stuff like that. And we wanted the kids to play together or from all people of color to play right. together. And mm-hmm. we mixed up the teams and we had them play together instead of against each other. And this way it, sh- it shows that they're safe to play and, you know, they could play together and you don't have to hate each other. And so it was unity, unity, solidarity. Mm-hmm. Event. Mm-hmm. And so we did another one in Chinatown in um, Columbus Park. And, you know, hopefully we'll do another one soon. There's, there's a lot of stuff that we're doing out there now. We're giving out alarms to the seniors. We're feeding them, giving them masks and stuff like that. Um, I've been doing that since two years ago so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. even though I, I wasn't running last year or this year uh, i mean this year even though i wasn't running this year i'm still out there constantly still giving out food and stuff like that because there's so much work to do for the community yeah our community right. is so broken the system's against us we don't get funding you know and i'm tired of it we need our we need our share we need to uplift our community and you know help our elders and help our children and you know our education system and stuff like that like we need to really all pitch in and, and help each other out you know and hopefully if i win state assembly i can bring more budgeting into the community and make these changes you know mm-hmm. when are you going to be able to run um i'm going to start soon i need to i think i need to put together a team soon and um, start fundraising because unfortunately, like um, other people won't endorse you and stuff like that unless they see that you're a serious mm-hmm. candidate. And in order to show that is how much money you raise. But the, the election is next year. Okay. There's a big Taiwanese community in Flushing. I hope I can yes. get their support. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I would, I'd love to get their support. I mean, last time they supported Ron Kim. But I don't right. think they know that he's for abolishing the police and, you know, legalizing hard drugs and prostitution and all that stuff. Like, it's, really? It's crazy. Yeah, you should do some. Do, I don't want to influence you. Do your own research on him. Um, yeah. You will see that he's um, decriminalizing sex workers. That was a big thing for him. Um, you know, he's pushing for legalization of drugs. Um, he wants to disarm, defund, and disband the police. Um, those are the exact words on the banner that he was in front of when he was speaking. Wow. Yeah, he's very far left. But then what confused me was he supported Andrew Yang, which wanted mm-hmm. to fully fund the police. Hmm. And then now it's like, I don't understand why would you help a candidate that's opposed to your views, you know? So right, right. there's a lot of contradictions. Yeah. yeah, a lot of bad mm-hmm. stuff. So that's why, I, you know, I need to win against him. That's, that's the only reason why I chose to run against him and not anybody else. Mm, I feel like he's a career politician. He mm-hmm. hasn't brought any funding into our community, mm-hmm. and he's just been lining his pockets. You know? he's, uh, there's a lot of contradictions there. I don't want to speak too much about him, but hopefully one day you know, pe- somebody else will expose him for it, and people will see the person that he really is. You know? He's not about the people. And I, I just want to get in office so I could make changes that better for us. Thank you so much for sharing your story and everything that you've been through. Absolutely. This is Stephen Lee, and thank you for listening to Talking Taiwan. 
You've been listening to part two of my interview with Sergeant Stephen Lee. If you haven't already listened to part one, you might want to go back and give it a listen. In part one, Sergeant Lee talked about his undercover work and the police corruption that he's witnessed. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in the episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There we'll share any related links. Talking Taiwan publishes new episodes weekly. It's thanks to the support of listeners like you that our work is made possible. You can help us grow and continue producing engaging content by making a contribution on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Talking Taiwan. Supporters can snag a Talking Taiwan tote bag and be invited to a quarterly AMA or Ask Me Anything session with me, Felicia Lin, the host of Talking Taiwan, or receive advanced notification of future guests. Support Talking Taiwan by telling a friend about us and don't miss an episode of Talking Taiwan by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.